0: Thanks to Zocdoc for supporting the Apple Bits XL. With Zocdoc, you can search for local doctors who accept your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Go to Zocdoc.com/applebits and download the Zocdoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, a.k.a. BTZ. Doing it nice, slow, and easy. Welcome, everybody. If you are new, this is the spot where we go for all the latest Apple news that are wrapped up kind of in a nice, tidy bow for this week, as well as we touch on some of the other tech stories that may influence Apple as well. If you watch my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Brian Tong, you know I do content here. And then this is where we do a lot more extended coverage and the latest Uh, news stories as well so welcome if you're new welcome if you're back we want to touch on two pieces of business we got to get to our phone calls so if you want to be a part of this show call into applebitsshow at gmail.com all you can do is just record a voice memo and then send it along whether you're on your laptop your phone your tablet whatever platform android apple windows blackberry we support it all also this show is brought to you by you Patreon.com slash Tong is how you support all of my content, specifically for this podcast, the Apple Bits XL. You get early access to content, rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of the show. It starts at $2 per month, goes up to $5, which is like a cup of coffee, $10, $25, and the $100 platinum Apple level. But because of your support, I continue to be allowed to do all this. So I'm always so grateful. Patreon.com slash Tong is how you support. Okay, let's get to the stories and you know I'm gonna let you know right now, I am not going to throw any April Fool's stupid uh stories or jokes at you. I think we're I think we're kinda past that. But I do have one April first first story for you all. Did you know when Apple was founded? Well, if you guessed today, forty six years ago. On April 1st, 1976, that is when Apple came to be. It's it's pretty amazing if you think about it, and if you think about Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, and then at the time, um, Ron Wayne, who is infamously known to be kind of part of the three-headed dragon, who then was bought out by Steve Jobs for, I believe, eight hundred dollars. Just Within like two weeks, here we go. Twelve days after they officially formed Apple on April first, nineteen seventy six, Steve Jobs bought out his share for eight hundred dollars. He was also the man responsible for designing the super cool, iconic, rainbowy Apple logo when they first when they first started. So Apple computers. I I would also like to tell you all that April second is my birthday, and so I'm kind of like I guess. I'm I'm just miss being an April Fool's, but I'm also I'm also an Apple baby. I'm an Apple. I'm an Apple baby. Did I say Did I say that with the right inflection? (laughs) I'm an Apple baby, kind of. I was born three years and a day after Apple came to be. Is that right? I think that's right. So, I thought that was fun. One of the cool things about it is that. When Apple also kind of was defining themselves, they had this kind of like philosophies of the company. And there were three key points that are still, I believe, tenants that Apple still lives by. One of them was empathy. We will truly understand their needs better than any other company. And that is why we have the notch. (laughs) I'm just kidding, y'all. But their three tenets were empathy. The other one was focus. In order to do a good job of those things, we decide to do, we must eliminate all of the unimportant opportunities. And that's kind of, when I hear that, I kind of said it in the wrong rhythm, but in order to do a good job of the things that we decide to do, we must eliminate all the unimportant opportunities. And I agree that Apple typically does pursue the important opportunities. We've also seen them grow so large And uh, with all these different areas and product categories, but I don't think any of them are unimportant, especially when, you know, I've never been a harsh critic about Apple TV. I've just said, hey, uh, give me stuff that is must see. And uh, they have now legitimized themselves with Coda to be must see. And maybe a year and a half ago, someone would have said, why are you getting in the streaming business, Apple? But it is all part of their subscription plans and revenues that are coming towards them. The third tenant here impute. So they emphasize here in their philosophies people do judge a book by its cover. We may have the best product, the highest quality, the most useful software, etc. If we present them in a slipshod manner, they'll be perceived as slipshod. If we present them in a creative, professional manner, we will impute the desired qualities. So empathy, focus, and impute, those were the 3 Apple marketing philosophies for the company Apple. Founded on April 1st, 1976. I legit didn't know that. I don't know how many of you did, but I think that's kind of a fun story. So we have the history set up. Let's get into, quite honestly, a pretty quiet overall week with little things here and there. Uh, I do want to let you know that I do finally have a Mac Studio in the house. I have a, a studio display in the house. I'm going to approach these reviews differently. I have—I literally have not seen anyone's reviews yet because I just wanted to go in it with a clean mind. So uh, you'll be seeing video content very, very soon. Just want to let you all know that. But let's get to the stories that are making the headlines for this week. We're going to start off with iPhone 14 and 14 Pro because that's, why 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 wouldn't we? Is that what y'all want to hear about? Ming-Chi Kuo reports that the iPhone 14 Pro's larger camera bump that we did see leaked in earlier schematics last week. The bump had grown slightly from the 13 Pros, which was 3.60 millimeters to now 4.17 millimeters based on the leaked CAD renderings of the iPhone 14 Pro. And the camera bump from what we know and what we believe will still be there. We did see earlier renders, I guess when the 13 came out, I think the week before the 13 and 13 Pro came out, John Prosser released renders that showed a flush design where the phone would reportedly be thicker and then the cameras would meld in or, you know, blend in flush to the phone because they made them thicker so you don't have those 3 lens uh, popping out. But according to the latest reports, that camera bump is here to stay. Now, Ming-Chi Kuo says that the main reason for the larger and more prominent camera bump is due to the fact that Apple will be upgrading the rear camera to 48 megapixels. He also said that the diagonal length of the actual uh, contact image sensor is set to increase by 25 to 35% when Apple jumps this 48 megapixel image sensor. So the height of the camera lens system will therefore increase by five to 10%. So we know a pill hole, a punch hole design on the front for the true depth camera array, 48 megapixel wide camera will be incorporated into this new iPhone 14 Pro. Specifically, it sounds like it will be for the Pro models and it'll also bring 8K video recording for the first time to the iPhone, which if you look at these stats, right? A 48 megapixel camera, 8K video recording, which is what we've seen in Samsung phones for, I believe, two, maybe three years. That is still, for an iPhone user, a big jump up from the iPhone 13 Pro's 12-megapixel camera and then 4K video recording capabilities. I think what's interesting is that we know megapixels doesn't tell the whole story, and Apple's Smart HDR and Deep Fusion uh, has has shown to take some pretty incredible photos I don't think you have many people complaining at all in general about Apple's overall camera system. I mean it when it hit with the 11 pro with the three cameras and I did not expect much. I actually was really impressed with just how seamlessly it worked together. So it's always been good. do I do I want an actual better true optical zoom on an iPhone? Absolutely. but here we're getting 8K video recording for the 14 pro. And part of that also is reportedly they want this camera to have those capabilities because it could be suitable, those 8K video files, for viewing on Apple's long-rumored AR VR headset that we may or may not see this year. So the camera bump getting bigger, a new 48 megapixel camera, as well as 8K video recording, potentially, reportedly, allegedly, coming to the iPhone 14 Pro. Ming-Chi Kuo also adds on, uh, for all you people like myself who just want Apple to put a freaking in-display, under-screen, fingerprint scanner, like a next-generation Touch ID that, quite honestly, Samsung, again, and other Android phones have had for a while, and they're using the latest Qualcomm fingerprint sensor in-display tech, which is completely, like, mm, it's great. I haven't had a single problem with it yet even from last year. Last year on the Galaxy, the S21 Ultra, I believe is the first phone that used the new Qualcomm fingerprint sensor, which was faster and more accurate. Well, Ming-Chi Kuo is saying that, hey, if you're expecting one on the iPhone, you probably shouldn't within the next two years. Based on his reports, based on his contacts in the supply chain, and based on his predictions, um, the iPhone would support Touch ID in display at the earliest in 2024. So we do have Face ID with that supports um, you wearing a mask, which was another reason why everyone was just clamoring for Touch ID. Yeah, they have Touch ID in the power buttons of the iPads. Make Make the on and off switch, if it needs to be a little bigger to accommodate that, make it bigger. I don't think anyone would complain about that. I do feel we need Touch ID on an iPhone in some way, shape, or form as an alternative. And then someone's going to say, the cost will go up. Yeah, but everyone wants in, wants some form. I think a lot of people, not everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, wants Touch ID in the iPhone in some way, shape, or form. So the report says don't expect it and for at least another two years. Okay, I'm just going to pretend like it's not going to happen. Also, Apple reportedly is cutting their iPhone SE production, this is just weeks after the launch um, due to what they say is weaker than expected demand. This is not coming from Apple, but this is coming from Nikkei Asia that is citing unnamed sources based on the supplier checks that they have. Um, They said that for this quarter, iPhone SE has been cut back by as much as two to three million units. Um, Partly, they say, is low demand, also cutting production on the series iPhone 4. 13. But that obviously is also seasonal because guess what's coming? Uh, The iPhone 14 is going to ramp up. So that that's not really going to be a surprise. But I think what some people that are reading into the tea leaves, um, Ming-Chi Kuo had reportedly cut down his rough estimates for shipments on the iPhone SE from originally he had set it at 25 to 30 million to now more around 15 to 20 million. And here's the thing. Last Last iPhone SE, everyone said, no one's going to buy it, and it became one of its most popular selling phones. Now this year, people are like, ha ha ha, no one's going to buy it. And now that this article is out, they're like, ah, I told you so. And I think part of it is that they're still going to sell roughly 15 to 20 million units for a design that is five, six, six, six or seven years old when I'm thinking about the models going back. So I don't, I don't think the iPhone SE is supposed to be... It it reaches the budget conscious user and the user who loves Touch ID. I always find it interesting how people are like, oh, it's a failure. I'm like, it's selling still roughly predicted 15 to 20 million units. Not too shabby. Okay, wh- when is when is Apple going to get into foldables? Well, based on the latest reports, I I like... I'm... I love foldables, quite honestly. I don't own one, but I do. Every time I use them, I'm like, "Oh, this is awesome!" And then there is that sick, twisted part of me that even though Samsung has a ridiculously polished Galaxy Fold Z3 um, and Flip Z3, and you know, they can get hopefully a little more compact, and the OSs can continue to get improved. The latest reports are saying that Apple is currently testing a device with a nine-inch foldable display, but the long-rumored foldable iPhone is unlikely to launch until 2025 or later. So they're actively testing it. It would be a nine-inch foldable OLED display um, with a pixel per inch density somewhere between the current iPhone and the iPad. Um, That's all that's really out there. And I mean, I think that Apple should be testing these concepts and designs. It's no secret that they've been looking at it. Um, according to another report from the ELEC, Apple is actually collaborating with LG specifically to develop iPads and MacBooks with foldable OLED displays and ultra-thin covers. So we have reports of them currently testing a foldable iPhone, and Apple also working with LG Display, right? LG, If just in case you aren't sure, LG, the company that you're, the front-facing company makes their own products, right, TVs, vacuum cleaners, Uh, previously did phones until they got out of the business, but, you know, overall, a, a variety of home consumer electronics. LG Display is its own entity that makes OLED displays that are supplied to Sony and LG as well, uh, at least historically has been. So Sony OLED TVs use an actual LG display. LG TVs actually use an LG display. So Apple will reportedly be partnering with them, them being LG display, and it the report says that they'll be supplying 17-inch foldable 4K OLED panels to not only HP this year that are destined to be in some sort of infolding notebook, but that Apple is talking to them to work together for future iPad and MacBook models specifically with their foldable OLED display tech. And I'm, I'm gonna wait and see. I Until, to me, I get more excited about foldables when I actually hold them in my hand and see what the actual concept is like, What what we actually have in front of me instead of talking about it because I think there's still a lot to be said of really nailing a unique software experience. I think Samsung is definitely the best I think that they've put in some really cool features and I don't think it's sloppy at all, but I think it could get even more refined and there could be some more creative ways that we can use this. And it also comes down to app developers choosing and committing to make a specific version of their app that does things that their regular app doesn't do for a foldable phone And that requires resources and money that they may not be willing to do instead of just say, hey, it's an Android app. It works on all Android devices. We don't want to make a custom tailored Samsung app for the Fold 3 because there's just not enough of them out there yet. So you got a little bit of the chicken egg situation going on there too. Since we're time out, Apple potentially in the future, way down the future, bringing some sort of foldable OLED display for iPads and MacBooks Mark Gurman recently reported that the iPad Pro, the new iPad Pro for this year, which we honestly have expected, will be coming with an M2 chip and MagSafe charging likely to launch in the fall of 2022. Okay, so we know the M1 is now in the iPad Air, so it seems natural that the M2 chip will come to some devices, whether that's the MacBook Air, whether that's the iPad Pro, and uh, maybe like the Mac mini and even the 24-inch iMac. We don't exactly know which products the M2 will be coming to this year, but at least when you look at the M2 chip versus the entire Apple lineup, so we right now we have what? We have the M1 chip, we have the M1 Pro, we have the M1 Max, and then the M1 Ultra, which is two M1 Maxes specifically for the Mac Studio, well, we know that the M2 chip is expected to be based on the four nanometer chip process, which will make it more energy efficient. It'll help it also because it's rumored to have more GPU cores, with uh, nine to ten GPU cores versus the seven and eight GPU cores in the M1 chip. We don't we we do expect it to have the same CPU cores as the M1, so more energy efficient, faster speeds and more GPU cores. If you had a place where does the M2 fit in the overall scheme of the lineups from a speed standpoint, you could argue until we see the benchmarks, but from what it feels and looks like, the order of, let's say, speed would be M1, M2, M1 Pro, M1 Max, M1 Ultra. And then the thinking is that as they come out with the different flavors of the M2, there will be something like the M2 Pro, the M2 Max, the M2 Ultra. But right now, the big, big jump in performance is happening with this M1 chip family. You're going to see incremental, you know, nice speed boosts after the M1, but there is no way that I expect to see any type of performance from what we've obviously seen from the Intel line. Moving over to the M1 line and even from the now that we've seen like the M1 Ultra at these different levels just purely based on the architecture of the chip it'll just get a little better but nothing like blow your mind oh my god this is crazy. I'm more curious on portables how the four nanometer process if it factors into how much more efficient can it do can it give our laptops another hour of battery another two or even three an hour is nice, but something more significant would be, oh, we're, we're going to give you another two to three or four hours. I'm like, ooh, okay, now we're talking. All right, thanks again to ZocDoc for supporting the podcast. No one knows what you're looking for in a doctor better than you, and no one's better at giving you the tools to find the perfect doctor than ZocDoc. Now, the people who created ZocDoc found the major pain points in healthcare, all the things that weren't working, and said, enough, And they made booking a great doctor surprisingly pain-free. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. Read up on local doctors, get verified patient reviews, and see what other real humans had to say about their visit. So, when you walk into that doctor's office, you're set up to see someone in your home network who gets you. Now, go to ZocDoc.com, choose a time slot, and whether you want to see the doctor in person or do a video visit. And just like that, you're booked. Find the doctor that is right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. Every month, millions and millions of people use ZocDoc. In. It's a go-to whenever you need to find and book a doctor. In the chaotic world of healthcare, let ZocDoc be your trusted guide and find a quality doctor in a way that is surprisingly pain-free. With ZocDoc, you can get your docs in a row. <laughs> get it? Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com AppleBits and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's zoc DOC.com slash AppleBits. All right, let's talk. Let's talk. Ooh, um, what product does everyone care about this year? The number one most uh, hyped product of the year? It's the MacBook Air. It has to be. It continues to be. I think it'll be the best selling Mac of 2022. Don't hold me to that, but I just can't see any Mac outselling. If Apple puts out a new MacBook Air. May may nah not even the not even the 14-inch M1 Pro or M1 Max, which is quite the special machine. But a new Digitimes report says that the MacBook Air is reportedly set for launch in the second half of 2022. This lines up with kind of multiple reports. Bloomberg, Ming Kuo, remember this was ideally expected sometime, I guess you could say at the end of last year, people were buzzing about it, but instead it's kind of been slowly pushed. Some people thought, hey, maybe we'll see it at the spring event. Nope. It's got to come with the M2. They've got to announce the M2 first before they announce the MacBook Air with the M2, but everything lines up for sometime in the second half of 2022. We don't know if that's going to be at WWDC. We don't know if it's going to be at a September event or sometimes even there's that October event, Um, but I think it would make sense to showcase the M2 at WWDC, announce at least one piece of hardware at the event. And also, why does it make sense to do the MacBook Air around that June, July time? Well, July, August is back to school season, and that's when new students are buying new computers. I think it would be too late to announce it in September. Um, so to me, it makes sense for us to see it sometime as June. I don't know if we will or not. Who knows? Again, M two eight core CPU, nine or ten core GPU. Boom, shakalaka. Also, in the MacBook Air space, it's been rumored that not only will we see what was getting the buzz a lot—a fifteen-inch MacBook Air—which I think a lot of people will freak out about. Like, I know that the fourteen-inch has been a really sweet swap, but I—I I just always think like just a little extra screen never hurts. And people do like extra screen and you put it in an air type, super thin design. You don't need to give it the fastest processor because for most people already today, the M1 is just fine. The M2 will just kind of give it a little extra boost. But the new report and rumors that Apple will not only release a 13-inch MacBook Air, but a 15-inch MacBook Air, two display sizes, They're also expected to not have a mini LED display. They're expected to not have the 120 hertz ProMotion display. And quite honestly, even I'm not not worried about that per se, but it clearly is they're focusing on not only will that keep the cost down, but it'll create a clear difference between the Pros and then the Airs, right? Mini LED ProMotion on the Pros, maybe eventually one day, if they actually do it OLED comes to the pros and then mini LED comes to the next product line below which would in this case be the air so in a thread on twitter display analyst Ross Young said that the 2022 MacBook Air would feature display size of 13.6 inches so to make it a 0.3 inches larger than the current MacBook Air but still 0.6 small 0.6 inch is smaller than the current 14-inch MacBook Air and will most likely have this whole rumored new redesign. I mean, there's still talk that there might be a notch on it. There might be a white bezel on it. Who knows? I think that's why it is kind of exciting. We don't really, really know what we're going to see, but the renders of what people think it might be still looks really, really nice young also is reporting that the 15 inch macbook air or maybe they call it the macbook right the more that i think about it it does it does make it sounds cleaner just call these uh quote-unquote airs just call those the macbooks and call the pros the pros but the report is that the 15 inch macbook air model set to launch that larger one maybe in 2023 i mean who knows what really happens um that it would measure display size wise at 15.2 inches. Now, previously, when Apple offered a 15 inch MacBook Pro, that wasn't actually a 15.4 inch display. But obviously, the new MacBook Pro generations have stuck to 16 inch for a while. But I'm just saying, when they used to have a 15 inch, it was a 15.4 display. This new MacBook Air product, it will reportedly come in at 15.2 inches. So, again, no. Mini LED, no ProMotion display, but still amazing, most anticipated product of the year for me. And I think it's gonna hold true. I've been saying that since last year, so we'll see what happens. And if you wanted to say goodbye to an old friend, to a beautiful friend, really the the heir of all heirs, Apple is now adding the 11-inch, super small, super thin, they're adding the 11-inch MacBook Air model to um, the obsolete products list. Yes, that also includes the MacBook Air 13-inch from 2014, in case you weren't sure, and the MacBook Air 13-inch from mid-2014. But um, kind of the end of an era. But man, I will always, always remember Steve Jobs putting the MacBook Air... In a manila envelope and it was like damn that is awesome and everyone cheered and loved it and you know comparing how thin their devices were was always a fun thing i think that we've now obviously moved towards more functionality over this obsession of being thin but um it was always good show absolutely good showmanship okay the other thing is that if you're looking we're talking about macbooks and macbook pros if maybe you're like, ah, oh, I want an M1 Max chip MacBook Pro or a new M1 Pro MacBook Pro, but it's still a little pricey. Apple has now just started selling refurbished M1 Pros and M1 Max MacBook Pro models on their site. So what does refurbished means? It means, let's say someone returned it or it was sent in. It's using 100% authentic Apple parts. It is still covered under the same warranty that it was before, like if you bought them brand new. There's limited stock, um, so you better go check it out. But the pricing can be pretty, pretty nice. Anywhere from like around three hundred to four hundred dollars off the retail price of their highest end laptop today. So don't don't go all running out, you know, right away. But go go run. And then I I did spend one of the nights this week. I had to, you know, we had the Oscars and guess who won the best picture at the 94th Academy Awards? It was Coda on Apple TV+. Now, here's the thing. Right when I saw it happen, I was watching it and yeah, there's the other stuff, but we're not gonna talk about that because we're tired of talking about that. When Coda won, it was like, whoa, whoa, wait. Coda for Apple TV+, won an Oscar before Netflix and you know Netflix has tons and tons of content but when Apple TV came out I man I should even pull up the clip I believe I said I feel like they're trying because of at one point they didn't want to have too much racy content on Apple TV and they wanted to be kind of curated and more family friendly but I said maybe they're trying to be the HBO of streaming for like that pg-13 crowd now i saw coda um i don't know about you all but i think someone was chopping onions for at least a third of the movie like i was wrecked i loved it i loved it i don't even want to talk about what it is i think what is apple tv like 4.99 a month to subscribe to they, they have an instant winner. This is a movie that I'm going to remember for a long, long time. I loved every part of it. It was so captivating. It also features deaf actors that are actually deaf acting as a deaf family. Coda is, I believe, Children of Deaf Adults. Is that If someone's going to correct me, someone should correct me now. But I believe that's what Coda stands for. Or Child of a Deaf Adult. This movie's incredible, y'all. Um, Just to let you know some of the other nominees for Academy Award for Best Picture. Belfast, I didn't see. Don't Look Up, saw that. Coda was better. Drive My Car, saw that. Coda was better. Dune, loved Dune. It was more of the amazing kind of world building and landscape that they saw. But from a movie standpoint, Coda, better than Dune, at least from ch- character development intimacy and emotion oh my goodness coda but spectacle yeah dune is the best spectacle of this whole thing king richard um it's i'll i'll lean coda coda was so unique in its presentation licorice pizza have not seen nightmare alley have not seen the power of the dog i got to see that and when i first saw it i said i had no idea going into it what it was i said this might be the movie of the year And then when it was basically supposedly neck and neck with Power of the Dog and Coda, I'm like, oh man, am I some foofy art house movie critic that can sense these things? No. But I would take Coda over the Power of the Dog as well. And a West Side Story I have not seen, but I believe it's on on Disney Plus right now to watch as well. So all I'm saying is if you have time in the next week or this weekend, I 100% say you gotta see Coda um tony kotzer who's the father won academy award for best supporting actor and then i believe Coda also won for best screenplay adaptation uh it's an incredible movie that blew me away and i will remember it for a long time and it's on apple tv plus wow i mean i'm just gonna say something here maybe maybe you'll figure out why later apple tv plus might end up being my favorite streaming service. It's kind of a joke, but it's kind of not, but whatever. It'll make sense in the future. Just remember I said that here. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for hanging out and supporting the show. Of course, we got to give a big shout out to our Platinum Apple supporters at patreon.com slash Tong. That is the $100 level, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Freider, Jarrett Lewis, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you for your support. Thank you to all of you who continue to support. All my content and my podcast, uh, you are all incredible and it allows me to keep on doing this. And um, I'm working on bringing someone on next week that you might like as well. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support. We'll be back here. Same bat time, same bat channel. Max Studio content is to come in and I'm going to bring a unique twist to it because uh, I don't know what everyone else did, but I kind of know when you review a Mac studio in less than five days, you're probably not going to be able to go too in-depth it. So uh, hopefully I can bring a little extra something, something for y'all, but that's going to do it for this week. Everybody take care and be safe. It's the Apple bits XL, baby. Peace.